Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR dashboard company helping all of you HR and people leaders out there who are tired of the manual, time-consuming, and tedious process called HR reporting. That's right. We know every time you're trying to pull all your data together to get a data-driven view of your workforce, you're logging into all these different HR systems, trying to pull all these spreadsheets together, and you're always scratching your head thinking there must be a better way. Well, look no further because Employee Cycle has created a dashboard that has pre-built integrations to all the most popular HR systems out there. You're using systems like Bamboo HR, Paylocity, ADP, Lever, Greenhouse, 15.5, Zenefits, you name it. We can pull all your data from all your different systems so that you can view, share, track, and analyze all that data from one unified view. Come to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We'd love to chat with you to explore how we can automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Marak Hicks. She's the SVP of People and Talent at OneDrop. And today we're going to discuss how to make sure your employees feel supported. Marak, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So, Barack, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? I kind of fell into it like everybody else. I definitely did not plan for this outside of college. I definitely knew I was going to work in publishing as some sort of editor or reading books for a living. And then I took a internship at some point at an advertising agency that has a pretty big name. Um, and... I took a role as their HR intern, um, built up a career through working at some major tech companies in the New York City area um, as some as either a recruiting coordinator or a talent professional, um, took a head of talent role at Hinge, and then transitioned into being the SVP of People Ops and Talent at OneDrop. So that's kind of how I got here. Awesome. Very succinct and, and packed story. I appreciate that. You gave us a lot. And... 30 seconds. That was awesome. Thanks. So, Barack, today we're, we're talking about a very interesting topic, and it's all around how to make sure, one, how to make sure your employees feel supported, but also how to support your employees. But I think that perceived or that perception of feeling supported is so important because there's a lot of turnover right now. There's a lot of people who don't want to go back into the workforce. There are people who are realizing that now that they've been home for a year, they're looking up like, you know what? I don't really like what I do. And so they're leaving the workforce. There's so many things now that are making it challenging for companies to keep their employees and making sure that they're happy. And so feeling supported is definitely one of them. So on a surface level, what does it mean to actually make your employees feel supported? And then we'll dig into some of those sections. Sure. Um, for me, it's anticipating what their needs are going to be based off of what's happening in the world. And then after anticipating their needs, 
asking them. Um, so at One Drop, we do a number of wellness check-ins and um, engagement surveys on a quarterly basis. So that way I can just get a gauge of how employees are feeling and doing in their roles um, and in their general lives. We also have managers taking the time out to ask these questions in their one-on-one conversations with them. So we know any flags if someone is having a particularly difficult time. Um, but for us, it's anticipating the needs and then gathering their data to figure out, are they supported? Do they feel supported? And if so, what does support look like to the company and, and how can we provide it? Some of the other HR guests that I've had on the show have mentioned that we should really move away from this concept of work-life balance to work-life blend. And it put this in a place where whatever you need to prioritize in real time, that's what you focus on. And so if employers are going to adopt this new method of work-life blend, then it really puts the employer in an interesting position of having to help the employee full circle in all the areas of their life. And so I'm curious, what are those different categories of a person's well-being where you need to help them feel supported? Um, for us, it's mental health, it's wellness, overall health and wellness, it's flexible hours, right? Some people have children, um, so we want to make sure that they have the ability and feel comfortable, you know, if they need to drop a few hours, leave a few hours early, whatever the case may be, to be able to, to go, you know, handle situations as needed. Work-life blend, the way that we handle it at OneDrop is, is pretty clean and it's as simple as the statement is everybody is an adult <laughs> how you set your day up is, is up to you as long as your work gets done you figure it out um, so I, I think we try to provide as much support as possible in terms of what we offer to employees in terms of benefits or you know how we address conversations when employees bring up feedback or have concerns about things relating to their private lives or their personal lives but the answer is is normally defaulting to, okay, well, that sounds like something. If, what do you need? <laughs> right? Is the first question. And um, after asking, what do you need? Then, okay, now we can do that for you or we're able to work around that for you. So um, you just be an adult about it. That's kind of how we manage it, essentially. And when it comes to employees being vulnerable to even allow you to know whether or not they're feeling supported or to provide insight into where they're not feeling supported. How do you feel like you're dealing with that? And how vulnerable do you believe employees are? Because as much as HR has been perceived during this crisis to really help companies, a lot of people still look, especially, you know, employees still look at HR sometimes as the police. And as I don't talk to HR, because if I tell them too many things, or if I'm talking to them, then it's typically not a good reason why they want to talk to me. So how do you deal with that? So I empower managers early by letting them know that um, not everything needs to be an escalation. So essentially, if I am having the conversation with the with an employee, that doesn't mean that it needs to be an escalation. It doesn't need to be an HR process, right? I, I'm a human, <laughs> so I'm able to have a conversation with a human. So that's the first level. Second, you know, it's empowering managers to be able to have these conversations with direct reports. So. I'm not always needed in the conversation. Um, it gives direct reports more confidence in their ability to have really open, vulnerable conversations with their direct managers. And as a result of that, that information or that feedback has been passed to me and I'm able to action results on the back end without, you know, individuals knowing specifically how much information I have. 
my preference as a and HR, I think today is, is something totally different than when it was 20 years ago. But for some reason, we still get the same rap. Like we, we can't shed that identity of being like policy driven. Everything is an escalation. You only speak to HR when it's a problem. We can't shed that identity, unfortunately. So what I typically will do is I will say like, hey, one, I'm a human. Two, um, if you don't want to talk to me, great. You can talk to your manager. Any information that your manager needs from me, I will give to them. The other things that I do are I will actively send out anonymous surveys. So that's the other way that I can get the data or the feedback about how someone is feeling. Because if they feel like I can't identify who they are, they're going to share as much with me as they would like. And finally, sometimes it's not me. Sometimes I send members of my team out to have those conversations. So that way they actively feel like they're not talking to SVP of HR. They're talking to a generalist or a recruiting coordinator, someone on the people operations team. So that way that person feels a little bit more confident. And they've probably already built a relationship with that person since they were you know, onboarded by that person or had a touch point with that person during the recruiting process. Um, so that's kind of how we've managed that whole. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. So the next question I want to ask is around communicating to all your employees and your team that you are there to support them in, in the different ways that they need to be supported. You know, when you ask a lot of founders, how do you manage the process of ingraining the culture, the mission, and the vision of your workforce? You'll hear a lot of people say that if you say it 10 times, or you say it 20 times, it doesn't matter. You need to say it 100 times or 1,000 times. You have to keep saying it over and over again. And you you probably haven't said it enough until you feel like you've said it too many times and you're tired of hearing yourself say it. So I'm curious, is it the same thing with making your employees feel supported? Do you have to keep telling them over and over again? Or is it something where you tell them as a whole, as a company, maybe at an all hands, but then if people have individual issues, do you handle it on a case-by-case basis? Sure. So I tell them this in all hands. I tell them this in every Slack message that I send out to the company or in an announcement. Um, if they need to talk, I'm available for them to talk to me. Uh, my path at OneDrop has been a little bit unique because I started as a consultant before coming on board as a full-time employee. So as a result of that, there were relationships that were already established before I became SVP of People in Dallas. Um, so people will come to me as a result of that. I, I have also noticed something very interesting with um, some of the managers that I have on staff where, you know, an employee will come to them with a concern or will come to them, you know, because they need support. And that manager would be like, oh, my goodness, please go find Barack. Go speak to her. She's great. Um, and that's typically when someone will send me a Slack message and we'll sit down and have a conversation. So it's, I I say it a lot. Um, I think what starts to happen though, is people start to realize like, oh, I really can have these conversations with Morocco and it doesn't, um, it doesn't turn into a big funky thing where we need documentation and and I need to log everything inside the system. Um, We can just have open conversations. And um, as the word kind of travels, people start to feel a lot more comfortable coming to me to discuss. So that's one way that we've managed it. But do I say it a lot? Yes, I do say it. Every time I say an announcement, every time we drop a report in an announcement channel, every time we um, share information, data, metrics, updated hires, whatever the case may be, I do say it. Um, and I think people start to feel like they can come to me. and Or we just tell people to refer to me. Like, I'll hear about problems. You'll get that, that space where 
that one person will send a message like, Hey, a friend told me, right. And so my response is normally to that person. I need you to tell your friend to come talk to me. <laughs> um, so I can't help your friend until your friend comes talk to me. Um, now if you are friend, great. Let's have another conversation. <laughs> but I need your friend to come talk to me so we can have um, an open conversation about what's up. And I- I'm going to tell you however we can help in whatever ways that we can help. And I'm going to be honest and straightforward and empathetic about that. Because a lot of the challenges that employees are going through today are really a moving target where one day you might be super concerned about your mental health. And then the next day you're super stressed out about something that happened in the news around social justice. And then the next day you're super concerned about COVID and maybe having to go back to the office not feeling comfortable and vaccinations and all this stuff. How do you deal with communicating that you can help your team with all the different ways that they may need to feel supported with it being such a fast moving target? Well, um, I don't do it alone. (laughs) So I have a team um, that does a really good job of helping out and just all the things that are happening in the world today. We've been leaning on employee resource groups internally for people to connect with one another um, on how they're feeling and having conversations about what's going on with them. My team will share resources in those channels as well. So it's coming from us, I guess, without it being a direct line as, as, a, as a passive way to share resources for the moving targets. And I think the other thing that we do or how we go about communicating that is I'm honest. If I don't know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you that I do know the answer that I don't know. Um, so if the answer is, I don't know, I, in terms of like COVID, when are we going back to office? What's the plan look like? If the answer is, I don't know, then I will say, Hey, listen, not sure yet, but as soon as I have an answer for you, I will tell you. So we, you know, we manage that we do it passively. We do it actively. If we are rolling out new benefits, we share it out loud. Um, we have, you know, anonymous feedback forms on a, an internal page that we have and share all of the resources there. And just make sure that people feel like they have information at their fingertips. So as these moving targets are happening, whatever support they need, they actively can find information somewhere. And then I think as a very basic benefit that we offer, it's unlimited PTO. So even as if you just need the day, right? Because if a lot happening and you just need the day, talk to your manager, take the day. That's kind of how we manage that. Got it. A lot of, People who are on the on the job hunt and looking to switch careers are being more thoughtful than ever about the organizations that they want to work for. And a lot of them outside of social impact and standing up for the rights or standing up for the beliefs that they believe in. A big part of it is who's going to support me, whether that's flexible work hours. I have a kid. I have responsibilities, all these things. They just want to know that companies will be flexible and support their specific lifestyle or their situation, how are you communicating that to new hires? What does that look like? So we're really intentional about onboarding. Um, We pay a lot of attention to the information that we give to new hires around what we're able to offer. So that way, as they're coming into the door, they know, you know, what we offer in terms of flexible hours, what we're willing to do. We also do a lot of management empowering, right? Um, Not every request needs to come to me. Right. If an employee had a death in the family, I, I don't need to document that they had a death in the family and that they need to take two weeks off. If you have if 
give them the two months off. Um, so it's, it's not just on the new hire. It's also on the manager. But in terms of making sure that they provide these resources, we have it in a million different places. We pin things to Slack channels. It's on an internal, I guess, an internal knowledge or internal information platform that we use. We share it out during the onboarding process. So we use a company called Sapling for our onboarding experience. And it's a part of their onboarding like tasks, if you will, to look at this information I've learned that people don't read everything until they need something. <laughs> so as a result of that, I, I do go back in, schedule time, speak to them myself, give them the information again. I do check in on them as they've you know been a part of the company for some time. So that way I can share the resources again if something comes up, because it tends to come up. And then last 60 second question, how does HR make sure that they feel supported? Because like a doctor or a therapist, you can fall into a situation where you're helping everyone else, but because you're the helper, you never become the helped. And so how do you manage that as the head of the people team? Sure. Um, I think the resources are there for me, just like they're there for everybody else um, and everyone else on my team. And this is something that I've noticed during COVID. Um, so as a manager for my team, I'm, I'm very honest with them about what is and is not acceptable, right? So you... You need, you need mental health resources just like the rest of the company. You cannot just be the helper and not be helped. So whatever help you need, you know what the resources are because you've helped implement them. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is I check in with myself about how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, what's going on with myself. I look for resources outside of the company. Um, and I have conversations with, with Jeff, who's the CEO of OneDrop and my manager, just about how I'm doing, how I'm trending and where my brain is as well, um, because I can't be a support system to the rest of the company if I'm not being supported. So if I'm not mentally okay, how am I going to tell someone else to go be mentally okay? So I, I manage myself um, with the same resources that the rest of the team is using. That is great to hear because self-care is the best care. Marak, thank you so much for being such an awesome, transparent, and candid podcast guest. And you know, my heart is smiling because this is your very first podcast and we just love to help HR leaders get launched into the podcast sphere. So really excited for this. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your wisdom. Thank you so much. So where can people find you in one drop online? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn because I spend my, a great deal of my time there. And if you want to find one drop, we are one drop today. Um, we're also OneDrop today on all social media platforms, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that info in the show notes. So for everyone who enjoyed this episode as much as Marak and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because it shows that you care. Also, if this is your very first interview that you're listening of Employee Cycle and you're hungry for more episodes, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.